Welcome back. It's Parked in Turn 1. We got a couple of races to talk about. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice. I'm here with my man, Bo, tonight. Bo, what's going on? How Jason, are you? I'm good. Um, I guess, it, you know, it's been a couple weeks, and I will start off with Vive la France. Man, I'm telling you what. I literally sat on my couch and clapped for Joan Zarco when he won that race. I I can't so tell you. I, many I, journalists have I, said I, he would never win. I was so happy. So, and, and I'm going to be full, I'm going to fully transparent here. Um, do you remember Zenyatta back in the, like the early 2000s, the horse, the, the horse that everyone thought she was going to win the triple crown and, and yes. it was, she was going nuts. So, so the, when Zenyatta, well, I, I can't remember if it was her second win um, that I watched or if it was the, the when she actually finally lost and I thought she was going to win. Um, I was in college. I remember this very vividly. I was jumping up and down in my living room, screaming and, and cheering at the TV. I've never cheered and, and yelled so loud at a TV um, since that day watching Zenyatta as I did when I watched Joan Zarco win that race. Um, and I'm, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. I, I'll do it again because that was such an awesome moment to watch that race. And it was such an earned win, too. Um, it wasn't a gimme. I, I mean, I was so happy to see that happen. It, it, you know, that Phillip Island never disappoints. I no. said it last year. We should race there every other week. Like, every other race should be Phillip Island. I don't it, care how far it is. You it can is write storylines from one yeah. single race, uh, it, it, and it's always Phillip Island. I challenge you to find a place that has produced more electric races on on consistent basis than Phillip Island. And I would I would bet the house that you race every single race of the season <laughs> at Phillip Island and it would get no better. Well, you never. You went uh, all so that's places the, per- around the, the world. most perfect thing is you're never going to see the same race twice because no, the weather never. is just so variable there, and it can change all four it, seasons in a, in a day. A, a Absolutely, dime, you know, it's so crazy. I I I, I love Phillip Island. Um, let's jump right into Phillip Island with the the results of uh, Moto Three, and, and and because because really the weather was. It was nuts. Like yeah. it really was. Like yep. it, it was. It was typical of of what we see down in there. You know, it's cold. It's the first day was just beautiful, right? Like it was. If you could have planned a day, you couldn't have planned a better a better day for Phillip Island. You right. just couldn't do it. And you know, and so you know, you get out there, you're running great, everything's great, and then you go to Saturday. <laughs> It's like <laughs> yeah. you have it, – it's like you went to a different continent. Window, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the data goes out the window. Everything's out the window. Um, so, you know, in Moto3, Dennis Anchu ran maybe one of the best races I've ever seen him run. It was really, really good. Uh, Ayuma Sasaki finished second, and Joel Kelso, the home man with his first podium, that was pretty special to see. And, you know, I, I give a shout-out to Colin Vire, who's really come on this yeah. at the end of this year. Yep. He's in that top five or six almost every race now, and it feels like next year we're going to be seeing a whole lot of Colin Vire at the pointy end of these races. But, um, you know, talk about Dennis Anchu and what you saw. I mean, I, I thought I thought he did a tremendous job. He was patient for a lot of the race. He, he just – it was great, and his post-race interview was even better. <laughs> it 
He's yeah, on I, his team, motherfucker. Oh, sorry. It's VG. It's VG. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, vote before I get no, this over. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I didn't want, I didn't stick around for the post race interview from Dennis and Chu. Um, but no, I agreed with the race. Uh, it, it really was a different race, I think, than we really saw Dennis, uh, than I've seen Dennis and Chu run before, you know, because he wasn't the runaway runner, winner or the runaway, you know, pace that we've come to kind of expect sometimes from him he's learned how to manage races a little bit better and put himself where he needs to be and and, and honestly I mean the move that he made uh, you know to Sasaki it, it just it, you know it was coming you know it was going to happen um, and not much I have to Sasaki ask how did Sasaki do. not know it was coming yeah I mean I, I you know and I'm I honestly you know looking ahead just a little bit to the you know not nothing not that the tie Grand Prix was uh, Sasaki's fault the way that that turned out but but I at the end of this race I really asked the question does Sasaki even want to win this championship you know like I feel like the trophy's hot lava and Sasaki's doing everything he can to not put a staple on winning it um you know, I, yeah. I just don't. He, it, it's like he wants to stay in contention, but he's not trying to. Win. Yeah, there's some. I, I, that's it, crazy to say. It's such but a it conservative way to approach me too. to it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's Yep. Yep. You're right. I, I think I think when I saw the same thing from Anchu, Sasaki is tremendous. He's a tremendous writer, but there feels like there's something missing. There feels like there's a little fire missing from that guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that he wants to win. But there's a difference. Everybody wants to win. But there's yeah. a difference between the guys that want to win and the guys that win. You know, the, they're willing to risk a little more. They're willing to push a little harder. They're willing to do some things. And how many times have we seen Sasaki have the lead going into the last lap? Yeah. And, and, and then he loses. And, and it's just this, too much. And that's what this class really is about. You know, this class is it, it's kind of pushing to see who is going to be the last on the brakes and who's willing to take that chance into the, you know, to, to risk it all. And. Um, you know, at some, in some cases, you want to see somebody like Sasaki. You want someone who's going to ride with a cool, cool, calm head about him. But at the same time, you need somebody that's going to throw a move every now and again and be aggressive and really step out on a limb and see if it's going to work or not and try something because, you know, the the classes only get harder. You know, he's getting ready to step into a spec class. Um, and, and that's where the rider's really going to make a difference, uh, on the bike. And, uh, I'm, I'm, curious to see how he takes to a moto two bike you know with the likes of Anchu and and uh Masia next year to see what it's going to look like it, I, I i i am too like i don't know like i i want to think he's going to be great <laughs> you want, want to, to believe you know <laughs> right i mean and let's be honest he's always at the pointy end of these races yeah. he is great but he's he's missing that that I to use another sport that Kobe or MJ that 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 Tom Brady esque you know when the moment's big it's yeah. not too big for him and and the people that just, want the ball you know what I mean the, when he, you, absolutely. you want to make the game you want to make yeah the play. absolutely that's a great way to put it. the people that want those moments I don't know that I feel like he wants those moments and and that is a real problem if you want to win world championships so. Everybody can't win a world championship, and just because you don't win a world championship doesn't mean you're not a great rider. I, I think that's the thing I have to get out there. But it does beg the question, okay, well, can you be a world champion if you never, ever really try? 
it feels like well, it, it, and the, you the know, argument like, to that, the, the only argument I would say to that is look at um, Joe and Mir. Yeah, exactly. You knew exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, I knew you were going to say This isn't it. episode 100. Gonna... We've, not, we've not been doing this for a while. You know? Yeah, yeah, we know each other. I knew where you were going. We've and I knew met. you would argue with me on that. But but, the, but, but I, I see your point. But I think, for me, what we saw from Joan Muir was different. We didn't see it him was. getting passed on the it, last lap yeah. over and over and over and over and over. So, Sasaki's got some stuff to work on there. This... From Joel Kelso, though, for me was uh, was great and a great weekend for him. Good for him. Uh, I don't think this is a coming out party. <laughs> I think we know who Joel Kelso is. And yeah. I, hey, you got a podium. Congratulations. Cool. Great weekend. Yeah. Wonderful. And we'll talk about Thailand in a minute. You know, <laughs> the guy that I think though that's that's coming to the front that will be the guy is going to be Colin Byer next year. I, I think yeah, I, I think that. that guy's going to compete for a world title. Um, but there's a couple other people we have to really mention. You know, um, Masia finished eighth in that crazy race, which you would think normally would be like a real failure, except that, you know, I, I, I totally see in that race how that happens. And yeah, yeah. you it, when those conditions with that stuff going on, you wanna you wanna finish the race. He did that. Danny Helgado crashed before the race. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen Helgado fall apart the last five weeks. Five it's races. so odd, isn't it, to see the stark I, I, contrast just, from the beginning of the season to where we are now. It's just all um, the things he was doing at the beginning of the season, he's doing almost none of that. Now. Yeah. And I mean, some of his, and the way that he was riding in such a way too, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was aggressive. He was on point, you know, he didn't make mistakes and now he just can't buy a win. He can't, he, it's, it's such a, well, he's not, it's not just that he doesn't even have the pace, the race pace a lot right, anymore. Right. So I don't know what's going on. This this is the thing. Momentum is such a funny thing in sport. It didn't everything it, start to change when he crashed in Assen? It was sure did. The, was that the kind it, of the it's turning funny point? what happens to your mindset when you when something like that happens? You know, maybe he's still thinking about it. Maybe yeah. he was mad about it. You know, maybe it's bothered him too long. I don't know. I, I have to say that I, I'm disappointed in the way he's riding right now. I thought that was a that was a joke crashing on the the outlap. I think that's uh, unacceptable. No matter what level you're at, you if the conditions are tricky, barely move. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no sense in in losing the rear on your outlap, right? Because you're trying. You know, if you're trying to test conditions, you know everybody. Lots of other guys made it, so it was possible. You just you just didn't, and it's unfortunate. And bad things happen sometimes, but. You know, if you're trying to win a world championship, that just shows me that maybe he was not locked in. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah, something yeah. else is going on. But you know who we have to give a nod to is Adrian Fernandez stepping in for Suzuki, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, the kid's picture isn't even updated on MotoGP. You know, with his, with his correct <laughs> leathers. You know, come on, can we get him a new picture? Let's go, guys. Listen, Dorna doesn't do pictures, but once a year, <laughs> they don't want any more bikes on the MotoGP grid. They don't want any pictures. <laughs> Photographs are too hard now. The digital makes it so much harder. 
you have to do the whole thing. You have but, to, it takes 15 seconds. Yeah, but I mean, if you are Suzuki, how are you feeling right now? Seeing some guy, you know, I mean, and obviously Adrian Fernandez, he comes from like you know, a douche. racing. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. I mean, look, he's got to feel that way. Yeah. He's uber talented and he just can't make it work because of one reason or another. There's no I mean, we've seen Suzuki ride incredibly well. But he doesn't do it consistently. Yeah. yeah he doesn't do it consistently. So maybe he just doesn't have the consistency to be in this championship. But that's okay. It doesn't mean he's a terrible person. It just means this isn't the place for you because at that level, in that paddock, the best in the world are competing every week, and you have to be the best. We see right, Danny right. Hogato right now. You yep. can't be off. You have to be on. It, it doesn't – it's unforgiving. It's just how it goes. And so, you know, I mean, what are you going to do, man? It is what it is. Right, right. But, but the, the, the thing to me was just how different the conditions for the race were compared to what they got to practice in. You know, and 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 so it was a it was a big shakeup, and you got to give Anshu a ton of credit for just hanging in there, biding his time, picking his moment, and taking yet another win away from a guy like Ayuma Sasaki. And being able to adapt, yeah. it's that adaptability. And, and yeah, you know, the adaptability and, is is yeah. key. Um, but again, Dennis Anshu's post race interview was hilarious. He was like, these MFers, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he was so excited. But to be fair, he won a race at Phillip Island. That I think that's a big deal. I think Phillip Island's one of those places that's iconic. It's it's amazing. And to win a race there is just is truly, truly memorable. And, yeah. and something I think all those guys dream about. They all want to win races, but winning at Phillip Island's a big deal. No, 100%. But, yeah. yeah, but you know, as bad as the conditions were for the Moto Three guys, they got worse for the Moto Two guys. Absolutely, they ended up having to red flag the race, and they called it with Arbolino winning, Canet uh, second, Fermin Aldeguer in third. Arbolino um, winning by miles, winning by a mile, um, unbelievable. Here's my theory, though. My theory is Arbolino was going to crash if they didn't stop that race. Because I've seen that story before. I saw it with Danny Pedroza in Germany a bunch of years ago. Uh -huh. He was ahead forever. And then all of a sudden, he went all the way down the straight. His bike was on the left, and he was on the right. <laughs> and it was like, oh, he was ahead by like 12 seconds or something crazy. He crashed at the Saxon Arena in the rain. But he was ahead by a mile. And you got to give credit to that guy. He's a tremendous wet weather rider. Yeah. He's so good in the wet. And it showed. And uh, they gave them half points, which is always weird to me. I that's, mean, they, yeah, how many a, laps did they run? Uh, uh, not the, yeah, Eight, they, maybe? It was only like a third race distance, I think. It yeah, wasn't so a, it was it like seven or eight laps yeah. or something. Yeah, it was not, it was not many. Um, which is kind they, of a kick they, in the teeth, you know, because it was yeah. such a such a tough race to, to, to be a part of, um, even you know, let alone finish. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but... Because Pedro Acosta also crashed on the outlap, being a Muppet. Uh, he only lost nine points, and he finished in ninth. So, that's a... Uh, that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for that That weekend, was a get-out-of-jail-free card, yeah. And, you know, Pedro had a rare... Uh, I think, you know, he had to start from pit lane. Mm -hmm. But the truth was that when the race started, Pedro was moving through the pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so all credit to him. He made a big mistake, which I've already said is, is pretty unacceptable. But um, to – and so let me talk about the mental state, though. How strong mentally is Pedro Acosta? He did not let that bother him. He came from – started from the back of the grid after they let him go on the, you know, the warm-up lap, starts from the back of the grid, and comes through the pack really, really well to get to – ninth place in that few laps yeah you've got to have a short memory you know to be successful you have to be able to put that stuff out of your mind and and just get get right back down to business and you know i think pedro costa even we see pedro costa even after a race win or a podium comes to do his his post-race interview and this guy's already talking about moving forward and next week and where they have to work you know so you could he's he's all business um he is all business it's amazing yeah, yeah, for being that young and to be that focused on something, you know, yeah. um, nothing but tons of respect for for all these guys and what they were riding in. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know, no, going I, doing that. Um, yeah, no yeah, traction I, I, I don't want any part of those conditions. No, no thank not you. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all set. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so a Moto Two, the shortened race. I think conditions like that. You had a guy like Isan Guevara. Uh, Ethan Guevara doing a great job. Joe Roberts did a good job. But no one, no one could hold a candle to what Arbolino was doing. And I don't know. That guy was on a different planet. Um, And, you know, you just got to tip your cap. When a guy can ride like that in those conditions above the rest of that field, I mean, that's that's pretty special. So good for him. You know, for me now, Degur, though, in the dry was the fastest by 100 miles. You know, for me now to go right now, um, it, you know, a podium in this race, you know, third place, it even be, you know, and he was, I think he was catching up to Kinnett and was probably working yep. towards a second he, place. But, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, for me, it's really on form right now in this part of the season. We'll get to that a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah, we're expanding absolutely. on that just a little bit later. But, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I think for me now, Degare kind of turned a corner this this year so far. Once he got the monkey off his back, I, it, got that it win. certainly. If you take the Thai Grand Prix into account, it certainly feels that way. Right. And Alonzo Lopez has gone the other way. Exactly. 100%. This is this is the thing I don't understand about professional sports at all. Like I don't understand how you're so good one week or two weeks or even five weeks or a half season, and then the next season you're a dumpster fire. Yeah. It's so mental, the game. And and so that's what we were talking about with Pedro. Pedro has a short memory. He trusts his instincts and his talent. He's like, yeah, I fell. That was dumb. Big deal. He came right through the field. I mean, yeah. he cut him up. Five more laps, Pedro probably finishes that race somewhere between third and fifth. Really. You know, if Arbolino doesn't crash. and, and uh, Right. But, you know, that would have been a tremendous ride. And, he, and in the dry, and he did it, you know, in the wet, so good for him. But let's talk about MotoGP. They they put the race on Saturday to get the feature-length race in because of weather and then didn't run the sprint. And in that race, viva la France! <laughs> you know, Zarco winning his first race. Bagnaya with a masterful move in the Miller corner, finishing second. Fabio Antonio, who looks to have just been rejuvenated by the fact that he lost his seat to an eight-time it's, world champion. It's the Lecomono uh, effect. Yeah, it is. He, he uh, He's in third, uh, first podium in MotoGP, Bender fourth, and then Martin, who was up by over three seconds for most of the race, 
ran out of tire and was four, was eight corners short of pulling off a master stroke. Yeah. But uh, in the end, he didn't. He finishes fifth. But the takeaways are number one. That move that Zarco put on him in the Miller corner was giving no quarter to his teammate who's fighting for the world championship. <laughs> Secondly, tremendous, tremendous effort by Zarco to keep his head down and see they were closing and just do it and, and come through and get that victory. Um, but Martin, easily the fastest guy in MotoGP right now. It's not, it's not close. And, uh, Talk about the race. I know you're excited for Zarco to win. Talk about it. Let's let's just get into it. You know, no, I yeah, I mean, amazing. Just a fantastic race all around. Like you say, you can't touch Martin. And, and honestly, it's it's deflating to watch. It, you know, the first five to ten laps in a race, you're like, well, this sucks. You know, Jorge Martin's four seconds ahead of everyone else. You know, and, and it, but you're waiting on pins and needles. You're waiting to see if his tire, when it's going to completely just give out. And in this race, it did. And then, you know, you start watching the gap come down. You see Bender moving forward. You see Pecco and Zarco, all the gaps coming down and coming down and coming down. And, and I was really hoping, you know, for a Brad Bender win this weekend, uh, this particular weekend, because obviously yep. I picked him up. He I was a gold rider, be. you know, um, in my fantasy team. So I'm, I'm excited. But, you know, Zarco just would not be denied um, this this win. And, and when he came past, I think he passed Bender on the straight, uh, the start-finish straight, and then just kind of took put his head down and took off towards Martin after that. Um, it, it was just kind of you were waiting on it. It was written. And you were, okay, this is it. This is the one that's going to happen. And, um, you know, Zar- Yoan Zarko has been a little inconsistent sometimes when he's been, you know, out front and uh, or strong through weekends. For some reason, he'll look great on a weekend in the middle of the race. The front gives out and he doesn't have it anymore. But um, this race was this was it. And it was fantastic. And then, you know, the move at Miller Corner whenever uh, Benyaya made it through and absolutely just threaded the needle to come through there. Might have been um, one of the best moves of the year, it, honestly. Yeah, no, it really was. To look at it from different angles and see where he put his bike through there, I don't know how they all came out the other side of that corner. Um, I don't either. But it was fantastic to see. And I'm sure did you, I think Dejan Tony actually got passed right in that corner when that happened, didn't he? I think he got cut off a little bit. and um, So he might have been I cut know off Martin guard. did. That's yeah, all I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to, to have that front row seat, to see all that um, – Gosh, this was just such an exciting race. Um, yeah, it, it was loud in our household. That's all I can say. Yeah, it, it was so exciting. It's such a good thing for Zarco to win a MotoGP race. He's been around for a long time, and as you said, he's had some inconsistent years. But he's a two-time world champion in Moto2. He is um, he is an accomplished rider. Yes. He's had lots of podiums, and... To win in this fashion, there's no. It's it's there's almost nothing like sweeter. The, it's almost like the the uh, Petrucci win, you know, his first win, and, yep. and getting yeah. that, you know, it was that that special moment. Now, of, of course, it would have been way better if Sarko would have been able to pull this off back in France, but you know, oh, sure, sure, it is yeah. what it is. You know, let's, let's it is just, again. You know, it's at an iconic iconic track. I want to talk about that that move from Bagnaya though. That how in the world. I mean, in that moment, in that situation, with everything on the line, ice water, man. Yeah. Ice water. And, yep. and so I, I know that there is no question that uh, 
Martin is the fastest in MotoGP, and he may end up winning the world title. But if if Bagnaya doesn't throw it away, I, there's he's not choking. You know what I mean? That move showed me he's not. He is not choking. Yeah, and that's it's, kind of the the that's the, to me that's the um, the difference between both of these guys. You know, Martin really likes to. Martin, I, okay, I, I feel like Martin has one card, and 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 that one card that he plays, and th- that hand that he plays is get out front, stay out front, and, and he's good at it. Right, right. Uh, he's know. good at that. Absolutely, he's good at that. But but Bagnaya has the ability to pick his way through a pack so strategically, and I do think sometimes that Bagnaya puts himself in situations where he just runs out of time. You know, if he yes. can't make the move, he, he studies the too much. The sprint specifically, yeah. he does that um, occasionally. He's yes. a late bloomer in races, and he just doesn't get it hooked up, you know, right away, or he doesn't be – he's not aggressive enough right away to get through. Um, and I think that comes back to maybe how calculated and how in, – in the thought process that he puts behind, okay, is the tire have enough? Air, you know, is the, is the pressure up high enough? Do I have – is it up to temp? You know, are we good to go? Can I – you know, and he kind of checks all these boxes off before he says, all right, it's time to go – it's time to get down to business. Um, whereas yeah. Martin just has the go go, you know, I, I've just got to go mm-hmm. and and yep. not look back. And well, right. And when it's working, he's un, unstoppable. Uh, agreed, a hundred percent agreed. But and when it starts to go wrong, it goes so wrong. It just, but it might not go wrong this year. He may pull it out. Exactly, because you know, looking ahead a little bit, we saw how adaptable or how how much. Martin adapted to his own style in yep. the very next GP to not make the same mistake twice, um, yep. and it paid off. Yeah, no, he did a great job, you know, following that up. You know, that would have been a tough loss. That was two times in a row he had been more than three seconds ahead and lost the race both times. Um, but he he did come back in Thailand. I mean, look, I, I – I just think he's the fastest dude in GP by a mile right now. I, yeah. I, I'm waiting to see. He's got to maintain it, though. He's got to. He can't make any mistakes. He's on a razor's edge, but he may not, and he doesn't look like it's hard for him, so he probably won't. Right. But um, Bagnaya's going to have a fight on his hands. But if Bagnaya finishes second, second, second to him, um, I know a lot of people say, you know, a champion wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, the way that, that guy's riding and talking about Martin. I, I, who could do anything with him? That's a Marquez level of dominance. Like, not yeah. I'm not calling him Marquez, but that the way he's able to just leave everybody, that's what Marquez used to do. He just used to do that. Like, and then yeah. you'd be like, well, Mark's out there, and nobody's going to catch him. Yeah. And, you know, so we'll see. But let's talk about DeGian Antonio for a minute, who got his first podium. I mean, come on. You got to feel good for the guy, really. You got to yeah. feel good. Yeah. I mean, you know that I question why Fabio De Giannatoni even had a seat in MotoGP, and right now he's making me a believer. Huh? I remember that. Yeah. I do. Oh, and I still yeah. – I, no, I admit it. I, you know, I, I think it's a val- I think it was a valid concern last year whenever he got a seat in MotoGP, and it was actually validated all the way through this season until now. Um, you know, the last couple of races, uh, he got fourth place and then immediately followed that up with his first podium. I mean, the guy looks legit. And, yep. um, you know, I, I – I, He's making a very strong case for why he needs to see should stay in GP. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's rumors tying him to the Honda seat now. Yeah. 
Uh, and I mean, hey, if you if you want to go ahead and ruin your career, then that's fantastic. That's about to say, yeah. talk about a career killer, <laughs> damn it! Uh, but at this point, what do you have to lose? You know, you don't have that, a seat. nothing. Go ride for a Repsol. Be a Repsol rider the rest of your life if you sign. You factory know? factory team. I, I mean, that, to me, yep. and, and you know that. Uh, but here's the thing, though, too: is you have to you have to believe, or you have, you have, at some point you have to say, okay, you go whatever the deal is that Repsol Honda brings to the table, um, you know, they can put it in front of you. And I, I mean, I'm going to, if I'm his manager, I'm going to say, come on now, you have 12 million Euro that you're not going to spend next year. Give me a little bit more and then dump the rest into the bike it, it, because we, you've got to yeah. give my guy something competitive, but you've also got to pay him to ride this death trap. So I, yeah. there's, I, I feel like any rider that comes to the table with Repsol has got a lot of bargaining power. I agree with you. I think I think uh, that's a problem for Repsol because normally that's not the case. You just want to be a Repsol rider, right? Right. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't know if he's actually going to get the seat, but I sure did. I sure did like what I've seen last. You know, between um, Indonesia and and uh, and uh, Australia, I, I just you know he's he's just been so good. Uh, he's been so so good, and it and it's it's great to see honestly because a lot of people doubting him, a lot of pressure, you know, trying to work for your job, and he yeah. comes out and those are his best results of the year. All all credit to him for being tough mentally and pulling that out because it's got to be tough when nobody when it feels like nobody wants you, you know, like right. okay, yep. And the guy's a slow burner, obviously. Obviously, it took him a little longer to get going with the bike, and. Uh, and he he has it now, and man, he's he's performing. He yep. is. It's just flat out. He's beating his pre- teammate. Yeah, the pressure's yep. gone now. You know, it's it, yep. you're just riding. You're just out there enjoying it and getting just it out, done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's let's move on to the uh, to the Thai Grand Prix. I mean, we talked about Philip Island. Did you see anything else about Philip? You know, what, before we leave Philip Island, what's going on with Jack Miller? Um, I think you know what I well. Jack Miller wow. had a kid. All right. Jack Miller's got a kid. You heard it here, folks. Kids make you slower. Kid. And I'm going to back that up. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, is it cryptid hour time now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go into investments first before we... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Crypto, crypto, crypto. And now for the cryptid hour with Bo <laughs> Sasquatch winner. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, here's the thing about uh, Jack Miller. I know he's going to work hard and he's trying hard, but Brad Bender's having an awful lot of success with that new frame. Yep. Um, and Bender just can't, I mean, and Miller can't seem to figure it out. And it, it's a little disheartening for me. I mean, he's got to figure it out or he's not going to be on that machine much longer. Yeah, I mean, I think Jack Miller kind of has the writing on the wall personally. Um, he knows that that seat probably belongs to Pedro Costa already for 2025. Um, I, I mean, if I'm Jack Miller, I'm trying. I might be trying to make a play for Honda to be in 2025. In all honesty, I might be trying to move to that Repsol area if I really want to stay stay relevant as much as possible. I don't think he would be a terrible guy to develop a bike honestly his his ability to ride a bike in all sorts of conditions you know yeah the way he he can get a feel i 
he's not Casey Stoner. Don't get me wrong. Right. But he's on that. He's on that kind of path. He's in that vein. Like he just like that Motegi race where he was he shot out of a cannon right from the jump, and yeah. no one else could figure it out. Like it shows that he's got something. I think the question is, how do you get it out of him? That's what I think. Yeah. And uh, he's just not falling in love with that carbon fiber frame yet. That carbon fiber frame, and he just haven't gotten along. And I, I, I feel bad for him. I do, but you gotta, you gotta step it up, man, because it's a working, it's a working prototype. You know, Bender is yep. much improved with that frame, so you need to do the same. Absolutely. Um, but uh, moving on to Thailand, once again, Thailand was great racing. I mean, we yeah. had two weeks in a row with just tremendous, tremendous races. Um, David Alonso wins his fourth of the year. Is that right? Third or I think fourth? It was, yeah, fourth, fourth, fourth. Yeah. Yep. And Tiger yep. uh, Fursado, first podium, finishes second, and Colin Byer. There he is again in his first podium. I think that's his first podium, right? Yes, yes. And uh, and and so his first podium and and. Um, you know, and Jamma Massive finishing fourth. Uh, a much better showing from Holgado in this race, but still not where I think he should be. No, not um, at all. Yeah. I mean, but I I have as much questions about Holgado as I and Anchu in this race as well. Just struggled to to hold on, I, I think, to the lead. Like, they were all together. Holgado was not. He started way back. He had to work his way forward. He was closing the gap, but once he got close, he kind of hit a wall. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, it, you know, sixth place for Holgado, considering where he ended up, um, yeah. not a bad day, you know. No, because his qualifying was terrible. Right. Um, but So maybe that's a turnaround for Holgado. We'll see. But that front group of five, I mean, what great racing, man. I mean, those guys were chopping it up. And uh, I'm surprised Anchu wasn't a little stronger in that vein. But I surely was surprised to see – for Asado up there, but I'm going to tell you, man, Vier and Alonzo next year are going to go at it. I can't wait. I'm here for it. Yeah. What do you think? So I, I do have to, I have to tip my hand to Colin Vier. I think he's my, uh, he was definitely the guy I was most impressed with out of this group simply because the last lap that, you know, almost to the absolute moon. And as soon as he had it and he came back <laughs> down on the bike, he was right back to business and then ended up on the podium. Um, to me, I was Nuts, so impressed man. with that. Nuts. You know, the, the yeah. fact that he, because I'm thinking, oh, man, he's completely out. He might lose top 10, you know, and, oh, and then no, to turn around. Right no, up. he put right back down to business. And um, and in the end, you know, caught Masia out right on the run to the line, which I was, you know, I, I can't lie. I was absolutely thrilled about because my boy, uh, Sasaki was out of the race um, through really no fault of his own, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm super impressed with with Vier and even Alonso and Auto. I mean, Auto led this uh, this GP at one point, I think. Um, he did. I, I mean, this yeah. guy's been riding well the last few weeks. Really, really has. So this Asian tour for Taya Forsato really does. It's it's you know it's fitting in with him. He's uh, probably hitting a lot of tracks that he's been on so we're seeing that the talent is there and he's been able to to chop and change with these guys that have been up front all year so hopefully he can carry that into the spain and european rounds uh next year yeah i i, I think um i think i'm going to be watching him i think colin Byer, david alonzo 
Colin Byron, David Alonso, though. I mean, David Alonso really, really ran a great race. Uh, just mm-hmm. that kid, uh, he's so aggressive sometimes, but it feels like he's not like Munoz, who's just aggressive to be aggressive. He's aggressive for a purpose. Yeah. It feels like it doesn't feel crazy when he's doing stuff. It feels aggressive, but it doesn't feel like it feels with Munoz. I mean, does that make sense? No, like, it does. Some, and I feel the same I, way. Like, uh, you know, David Alonso is very calculated in what he does. He's deliberate, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's intentional. Kind yeah, of, he, uh, it's very, very, very Darren Bender-esque, I think Munoz is. Um, but... <laughs> Loose cannon, I think, is the the term I'm looking for, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how Sasaki got crazy boy. It's Munoz. Munoz is crazy boy. Well, isn't that weird, though? Because Sasaki crazy boy is the guy who's not making any crazy moves this year. You know, Never it, makes it, crazy it's moves. It's so wild Never. now to think about. But, yeah, um, yeah no, no, no. It's um, David Alonso, just kind of the same as, as what you're saying, you know, with uh, – with Paco Bagnaia and GP is that, you know, he's just got ice water in his veins sometimes. And, and he's, when he wants to come through, he's going to come through. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's really, really good. Um, on the brakes, obviously he's great mm-hmm. at that, but he's also really good at those kind of high speed leaned over for a long time kind of corners. And he, he can often take a much tighter line than the riders around him, yep. and he just stuffs his bike up in there, and I'm like, oh, no way. That, oh, my God, he made it. <laughs> yeah, Colin Byer was actually doing something similar, I think, through the turn he was. five area all during the race and held that really yep. tight line. I think he actually passed Massey on the inside uh, he did. at one point, which was a really, really good move. So, uh, no, I, I agree with you. and. You know, unfortunately, I, you know, we're left wondering what really would have, what the race would have looked like if uh, David Munoz hadn't had a problem with his bike mid corner and and that was Sasaki crazy. Just, it was so scary yeah. to watch that on board too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I'm if I'm Sasaki, I'm mad about it, but I can't really be mad at Munoz. He did he his mechanicals you can't control, right? Like so. Yeah, I think it was at Bertelli that was behind Munoz that that or yep. Ortiz or or it's not Ortiz, Ortola. Ortola. I think that, it was Ortola. It just barely dodged. Oh him. my gosh! Yeah. And, yeah. And honestly, I think David Munoz is probably pretty lucky because when he got hit, I think he slammed down on his shoulder pretty hard, um, from what it looked like to me. But so you know, it was just just rough. Yeah. But no. Tough to day in the office for sure. Like it. it Listen, when your bike breaks in the most, it's not never going to break in an easy or a good time. It's always going to break at the worst possible moment, right? Well, I, and, I mean, uh, yeah. So in a Moto Three race, especially if your bike breaks and you're not the last bike in the pack, um, you're panicking. I think it, you know, poor John yeah, V off the sure. start line. Remember in the Czech Republic, I think a few yes. years ago. Yes. You know, bike got stuck in the pit limiter. I think and. Um, you know, just absolutely. And that was a – I think he ended up with a, a pretty rough injury out of that as well, I believe. Yep, yep. So, I mean, look, mechanicals in the middle of a pack, bad bad news, man. You don't yeah. want that. But um, luckily everybody was okay, unfortunately, for Sasaki to end his day. Um, and probably, in all honesty, I, I don't – unless Massia makes a huge mistake, I think Massia's got this championship wrapped up. I do. Yeah, I mean, as 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 much as I hate to admit it, I think you're right um, because until we see uh, that aggressive bone, um, you know, until we see the, the crazy boy really let loose, I, I don't think that he's got it this year. 
No, I don't either. Um, it's unfortunate. But, you know, I'm excited for the new crop of guys. Massey has been in there for a long time. Anchu's been there for a long time. Holgado is going to fight for the title next year. Vire will fight for the title. Alonzo's going to fight for the title. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a good fight again next year. I'm excited for it. But, you know, let's see how this year shakes out. But I, I, I once again, they delivered in in their race. It was just such a fun race to watch. I, yeah. I was having yep. a great time. And I always get, I always make a lot of noise when I'm watching a Moto 3 race. Like, oh! Yeah. You know? I think <laughs> those are the same noises that come out of our living room. We're like, oh gosh. <laughs> Hold on. He's going. He's going. Oh, oh, oh. oh, he made it. How did he do that? Um, but yeah, so it was good. But, uh, you know, let's get to Moto 2 and talk about for me now, DeGure, because we talked about how fast he was in practice on Friday in, uh, in Phillip Island. Yep. But, Again, this weekend, that guy was untouchable. And in the race, forget about it. He wins the race by over three seconds. It was never close. Pedro Acosta finishes second. And some cat Chantra puts it uh, puts it on the podium in third. And Ter- Tony Arbolino comes in fourth. This was uh, this was just complete domination by Aldeguer. And like you said, I think he's turned a corner. It feels that way. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, what what are yeah, you expecting from him? It really was. Uh, I mean, it just could not. Uh, no, but Pedro Costa. We talk about Pedro Costa, how amazing he is of a talent, and just how how great he is as a as mentally, um, as a rider, as a mature rider, and then also with the, the the raw talent that he possesses on the motorcycle and the field that he's got on the motorcycle, and how quickly he really took to the Moto Two class, even last year, um, and then you know how he's really starting to run away with the championship this year. But today, on this day, he did not have – he couldn't hold a candle to uh, Fermin Aldegar. And, uh, no. And I don't know, no. you know, if it's just the fact that, you know, Fermin Aldegar just rides at the limit so much and so well that we know the mistakes that he makes are just razor's edge mistakes, and that's what puts him yeah. out. Um, yeah. You know, because even when he won the race in, in Great Britain um, – I mean, he was the last lap. I think the next to last lap was his fastest lap of the race. And, you know, he was pushing all the way through the end of that race and kind of giving everyone a heart attack, I think, in his team. So, uh, you know, if he just. He only got one speed, man. Yeah, it's (laughs) uh, it's that Martin speed, you know. And uh, so I think that maybe there's a component to that. But um, I'm I'm excited to see Aldegary next year. I want to see if this continues. And to be honest with you, I don't know. Does he have a deal with, uh, with that team again on the speed up team? See, I, I was wondering the same thing because I don't know, and I and I apologize to our listeners who think we should be in the know, but I was thinking the same thing. If you put him, but he's been on a Calix chassis before, has he not, or has he always been on? I thought the he's speed always up? been on the speed up, at least in Moto Two. He was. I know he was there last year and this yeah. year. I, I could be but wrong so about I, I the CIB or the CIB European Championship. Yeah, but, you know if it was a Calix yeah, chassis. Yeah, so I'd, there I'd be curious to see if he's on that same team next year. I, I don't know, uh, but. What I'll say about that is, you know, if the chassis suits him, don't go anywhere. If you figured it out, yeah, don't go anywhere because you think the Calyx is better. Well, you I, know. I don't know if you noticed, but that even that, so the bodywork on that bike and the aerodynamics on that bike have changed throughout the year. Yeah, um, yeah the tail have. fairing has changed a little bit throughout the year, and it's starting to resemble um, kind of that bulky shape that a Calyx has just on the backside of it, just a little right. bit, you know. So. Uh, maybe that helps with drag on the back end. I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, but well, we don't know. We're yeah, not engineers. We don't know. We're we not. don't know. We don't. But it has changed. We know that. It's, and yeah. they've improved it for him at least 
Alonso Lopez, on the other hand, he's going the other I'm way. I'm pretty sure if listen, if we brought Alonso Lopez to CMP, I think I could give him the business right now. <laughs> yeah, and he'd, he'd punt you off the track, knowing the way that he's been the listen, last few races. He'd listen, just, not uh, if I punt him off first. This listen, guy, I'm getting on the inside. <laughs> Alonzo Lopez, to me, is Alonzo Loose Cannon. Um, Whoa. Bo with the I, nicknames of yeah, everybody. Right? <laughs> Speaking of uh, – hold on a second. Pause. We have okay. to address this. Okay. What on earth was Jake Dixon doing – when he plowed, who did he plow into? Celestino Vietti. Was it Vietti? Yes, yeah, because Vietti ended up crashing like two corners later. Like, what on earth was that dude thinking? He's a clown. He needs to be banned. He's banned him. Let's uh. ban him. So, and I love that he went off on Darren Bennett this year because the, our living room, every time something happens to Jake Dixon, or he does, ban him. Ban him. <laughs> you know, it was a it was a Muppet move for sure. Um, it didn't cause Vietti to crash. Vietti crashed on his own a few laps later, a few uh, corners later. But that might have been from the damage, you know. Now, but they don't have traction control and all that, so I don't know why Vietti crashed. But what I'll say about Dixon is, I think it was a lesson in humility because that dude will never know the meaning of that word. You know, well, than I that. mean, especially if well, one if if you're going to compare him to James Hunt, he will never know what humility is. I think I think for Jake, I think this was a it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing when you make a mistake like that at that level, right? Like yeah. he would there was no way he was stopping that bike. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Now, we didn't hear any noise of mechanical or brake failure or whatever. Oh, All I know is I saw was, him laying it, in that gravel in trap helmet. crying like a little girl. Yeah, that the failure was definitely in the helmet. Well, yeah, the control unit on top of that motorcycle committed a grave error. <laughs> Um, because if you look at the closing speed, I was like, did he, oh, even yeah, know that's there was a like, there's no way that was going to happen. <laughs> I think Vietti was like, did, did I, did I just get hit with a truck? Is there an ambulance out here? <laughs> and good you know, on, like and good on Vietti for staying on the bike because uh, man. And then he looked back like, what was that? <laughs> and, oh, and, and honestly, Jake it. Dixon's very lucky that he didn't get you know seriously injured he came down hard on that shoulder he did come down hard but is he going to receive a penalty for irresponsible riding in the next race he should oh it, so here's the here's my question though is it going to be a single long lap or a double long lap because it, it, he can't do a long lap we know that he'll mess it up so we don't care but i i here's what i think i think jake dixon is the only one that thinks Jake Dixon can win on a consistent basis on that field. <laughs> and I think that's the problem <laughs> because some, he has to believe in himself. Well, nobody's going to believe in you until you believe in yourself, right? And so Right, yeah. So, But I, this thing that he's doing, like, I just don't understand where this guy I, – I, I, I have so many questions about his motivations and a lo, all, all this stuff because he – he is one of the most frustrating riders to me. He's, He's so, so fast. fast. But then I see him, and he looks like a, a goofball. Speaking of, I saw from Tony Arbolino after the race the goofball, right? Like the kind yep. of goofy, happy-go-lucky. And it just confirmed to me, great rider, great talent, not going to be a world champion. Oh, Just different. He was, he was super excited 
Uh, I think his crew probably loves him. And there's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being a good guy and people enjoying being around you. And again, I'm not saying he's not great. What I'm saying is he won't be a world champion. And I'm saying it because that mentality is not the mentality of world champions, save a Valentino Rossi. He was so rare in that vein. Because look at Lorenzo, Marquez, Stoner, uh, even John Mir is not that. He, Fabio Fabio Quartararo is not that. He's he's a smiley guy, but he takes the racing seriously. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I I don't think he's going to beat Pedro Acosta this year. Pedro's got one hand on that trophy. He will probably close it up at the next round. But honestly, I feel very strongly that Arbelino would struggle at the next level. I think he can be a really good Moto Two rider, but I just don't. I just don't see him as a Moto GP rider. Well, but, so you know, to kind of back up that comment a little bit, we saw how um, we saw that. I, I always thought of Augusto Fernandez very similarly. It's kind of how Pedro Acosta carries himself. You know, what I mean, Augusto Fernandez is always. Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, it was kind of somewhere in between. You know, he, you could see the the smiles and the happy and the goofball. You know, a little bit. But then he was always business. Uh, he always kind of carried himself in a very business-like manner after the race and kind of very professional uh, the way he spoke. You know, very, okay, it's time to get down to business. Da -da 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 -da. We moved, you know, this was great. We move on to the next one, and we want, we're looking towards the championship. And we've seen just how, how much Augusto Fernandez has really struggled uh, to come to terms in his rookie year in MotoGP. Um, and, Which and that is bike, no easy task for anyone. Right, right, 100%. You know, but that bike isn't, you know, it's not the worst bike in the world either, and he's still having tr trouble with it, right? So right, um, right. I think you've got a good point there. You know, I, I think that Tony Arbolino would really struggle with the mental aspect of getting his head wrapped around a MotoGP bike. Uh, the talent's there, but it's connecting those two, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, also... Ayagura is going to be in Moto2 next year. Do you think Ayagura is going to challenge for the championship? I mean, his struggles right now, he finished fifth in the race in in, in, Mandal uh, I, yeah. in Indonesia. Uh, I'm sorry, in Thailand. But yeah. he he's struggling all over the place right now. He's struggling in qualifying. This, and there is no one better on the brakes. Oh, my gosh. He's Speedway. He is box office on the brakes, man. Oh, my goodness. You know Nobody what? I love better. it. Never yeah, mind. I, 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 I mean, agree. He's the like best the rider ever. He's the he's the reverse <laughs> of Gary McCoy, man. I mean, oh Gary God. McCoy was sideways coming out, and Niagara was yeah. sideways going in. <laughs> I mean, he is box office. Like I was watching him with the rear brake, and one of them snapped around, and I was like, "Oh, that's a high side." Nope, that's that's normal. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I I'm so impressed with him on the brake. He does look like he's getting back to that demon late breaker that he was before the injury so maybe so but i've been really disappointed in his qualifying you know what i mean like the, yeah, the one lap yeah. speed has been tough you're not going to win a championship starting 10th or back but you know, uh, you, you know i think that's he made a good also, race that's something he also struggled with beforehand was the uh well you gotta know, figure and, that out you know we, we you know there's something that we we keep thinking of we keep talking about oh this person's going to challenge for the championship this year this challenge but you know, for next year, I think there's going to be a huge variable that's thrown at every single one of these riders, and that is the switch over to Pirelli. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah. and, and that's the thing is some of these guys, they, they may have figured the Dunlop out, 
And then they're going to have to turn around and change the way that they ride. You know what? You're absolutely so, right. Um, you know, so our championship complexion in the landscape next year could could really be a lot different than what it is now. And to me, that's the exciting unknown going into into next year. I mean, uh, Coda Nazani may come Kota out. Coda Nazani may absolutely run away with that championship and be the Repsol rider in in twenty. I Aaron, can't say that you know with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Kanat could come out swinging and win a race next year. You know, in all honesty, I mean, my on. money's on dive bomb. <laughs> hey, listen, no one tries to stay on the brakes more trail yeah. breaking than than Darren Bender, <laughs> and those Pirellis are here for it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. dive bomb is going to be sending it. I, I I'm gonna make a make a prediction right now. Dive bomb will take out no less than five riders next year. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying this is what's gonna happen. Uh, I know it's gonna happen. But no, I think what we will have is a few surprises, like guys that weren't really feeling the Dunlop. That Pirelli will suit their style better. And you know, yeah. I think we talked about that a few episodes ago, where Petrucci was talking about the difference between Pirelli and Dunlop and how the Pirelli really allows you to carry a lot harder and heavier trail break into the corner, whereas the Dunlop, because of the stiff sidewall, does yeah. not. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, riding styles are are I'm learning more and more that when you're at that level, things that don't bother you and me really make a difference to these guys. They do. Right. And it's just, you know, it's that is part of my education in the sport happening, you know, it's right. the like, frame it's of reference crazy. is changing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so it's there, but, um, but yeah, did you see anything else that you want to talk about from the Thai Grand Prix in Moto2? You know, I'm scrolling down the, the, uh, the list, another top 10 for Guevara. I think that uh, yeah, he's moving forward and really starting to figure out the Moto2 bike. I hope so. At least, um, you know, this, the, he was the, the really kind of the standout person that I was looking for. Um, to come quickly into Moto2, and unfortunately with the injury, it didn't really happen. But, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, other than that, um, I think that wraps it for me in Moto2. Yep. Um, well, you know. you know, let's move to MotoGP then. Let's do that. And let's talk about, you know, it was, again, Martin demolishing the field. Um, not Well, I won't say demolishing in the sprint, but basically no one could really show him a wheel. Um, and, and the, but until the till the end of the first <laughs> to end the premier race when it got a little bit crazy, you know Bender did catch him and go. But you know Martin is just man, he's in good form, and they're not touching his bike. His bike is exactly how he likes it, and he doesn't matter where he is. He is just super fast. Um, so you have to give it to him. Now he wins the sprint. Bender finishes second. Marini, who started on pole, um, finishes third. I got to be a bone to pick with Marini. And my bone to pick with Marini is that both times he pulled up alongside Jorge Martin on the start, Mm -hmm. and then he pushed out on the brakes. (laughs) I don't care if you know what that guy's going to do. You know you can't let him get out there, right? You know that. Then you know what you do? You block pass him. And if someone else or you comes run them by both you, wide, one of the two. That's right. That's right. No, it, it, look, it's inevitable that he's going. You let him go because you're trying to. Oh, I'm just going to finish. I, I'm sorry. I'm on pole. I'm going to try and get this first corner. 
your race takes a completely different complexion if you do that. But both times, Martin uh, out-toughed him Mar- on the brakes. Marini, Marini did not start on pole. Martin was he on did not. Pole. No. Martin? Oh, I apologize. Yeah, Marini no, was in no, third. But you, you are right, though. No, Marini started second. But Marini, Second. Okay. Yeah, but Marini did get the whole shot twice okay. in both yeah. in both the sprint I got race and the uh, no 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 it's okay okay um, no but I agree with you I it, you know Marini hundred percent got the I'm you telling know, you right now right up beside him and and you know eased off the I, I knew the what first. was going to happen in both races when I saw Marini you know get a little sissy vibe he's so good on the brakes. He is so good on the brakes the rest of the race. Nobody can pass him. But going into turn one, he's like, eee, I'm a little bitch. And I was like, oh, my wow. God. Wow, Disney yeah. Channel. Sorry, yeah, parents. Sorry, sorry, sorry parents. parents. But I was so irritated because you knew you couldn't let him get out there. This Again, it's the Marquez thing. You can't let him get out there and run yeah. his pace. Yeah. It's really the same with Bagnaya. If Bagnaya gets out front, extremely hard to catch because he's, you know, he's on his own world, doing his own thing. But Martin right now, if you let him do that, I'm trying to rough him up. You know, and yeah, you want to like bloody said, his nose. You know, you definitely absolutely. you want to throw him off his game because you know what his game plan is. His game plan is to well, run. Well, and we we haven't seen there. a ton of hard fighting from Martin because when he was when he's in the pack, we see a lot of crashing, honestly. Right. And so we saw him make a great fight in the last lap of the of the premier race, but I'm telling you, you can't let it do. And and all the MotoGP guys are listening to this podcast. I know they are. <laughs> Stop allowing it. I don't care if five other guys get ahead of you. Alex Marquez is going to crash. Don't worry about it. Bagnaya is going to take a long time to get going when he's back there. Don't worry about it. You can't let him go. He's got you. Got to make him come through the pack because I don't think I, I, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him come through the pack consistently and be unaffected by it. It's the only thing you can do right now. Because if you let him get out front, guess what? It's it's over. It's over. Like it's, yeah. it's it's over. He was managing the pace in the premier race, so you they kept up with him. But it, yeah, in the end, he had plenty left. Oh to yeah, to make that yeah, move, that, he had plenty what, left. Yeah, he he that the the premier race was a such a calculated race for him. I think they're running what a one point one point three seconds or a yeah. full second yeah. faster in the sprint race per I, lap. You at, know? About five laps into the race, you know, I realized what they were doing, and then the announcer started talking about it. And I was like, he's 100% doing that. Yeah. Because Bender was happy not to pass him because I think Bender was thinking if we start chopping it up, he's either going to take off yep. or we're going to get a lot more people involved. Yep. And so he was like, all right, let's see if we can break away. And they really but, couldn't. But. but, you know, that is one thing that I feel like the KTM has to focus on is tire life and tire management. Oh, for they, sure. their tire just does not last the full length of the race. Well, it lasted this race, though. It, it did and, not, not and in, not premier, in the, not in the premier race because he obviously didn't have enough to fight back, uh, you know, Man. It, to to take the win. Well, I mean, you're I, wrong. I, Just say it. Okay, all right, I'm all right. wrong. So you know, the the truth though, the truth though is that yeah. you know he he really really um, I I just I got really frustrated with Marini. Um, because I felt like when you pull up beside, so you know who it reminded me of? Mark Marquez. If Mark Marquez gets beside you, guess who's not getting outbroken? Oh, Mar- yeah, Mark Marquez. Was, <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to bring him up because he finished fourth. 
for all the things I don't like about that guy, he is an unbelievable pilot on a motorcycle. Yep. He can do things that I don't think another human being on this planet can do. It's just amazing that he can put that bike in fourth in a sprint race, to be fair, in yep. a sprint. But the next Honda 12th? is twelfth. Is John Muir in 12th, right? Yep. Yep. And, not <laughs> I mean, and the next Honda after that is the last place, 37 right. seconds so, off, the, off the race win. Way to go, Daka. Is Taka just out there doing track days at this point? He's out there for the sponsors, man. That's that's what man. it is. Yeah. But it, I, you, we have to mention how well Marquez has to ride to finish fourth. Yes. I mean, it's just yes. it's yes. unbelievable. Marquez and, has to ride in such a way that Marquez is not used to riding because Marquez is used to winning and pushing yep. and being the fastest, and Marquez yep. cannot do that on that bike. So that that's a yep. – it's not – it's absolutely a testament to Marquez and the fact that, you know – we 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 give gave him such criticism long long ago during the injury years you know when or the injury year prior in the beginning of this year that he only has one speed and it's to go out and win so this yep. uh, this absolutely does represent i think a mental shift uh, and a a a not just the words of saying i'm going to change how i ride you know he's yep. he's really putting meat to that and and yep. and putting it to the test and showing us hey this bike can win, or this bike can be close to the podium, but only if I'm on it right. and doing what I need to do. Right. Well, you know what? If I am Bagnaya and it has to, and I can't be the one right beside Jorge Martin going into turn one of the brakes, I want it to be Mark Marquez. Oh, yeah. Because that dude is going to either beat you into the corner or you're both going off. That's yep. how it goes. Absolutely. And, and that's what you want. I'm, I feel like, you know, I don't think Marini should be doing it to help Bagnaya, but I think you should recognize that as a rider, as a competitor. If yes. you want to win, step one is beating this guy. It yep. doesn't matter what happens in that first corner if people pass you. If you feel like you had, you were second qualifying. So in theory, you're faster than all those guys. You're not faster than him. And Make let's be honest, him. who's the guy that we want to see win right now in MotoGP? It's Luca Marini. I want to Luke see Luca Marini get or Brad Bender, you know, or Joan Z- Zarco. I'm well, cool with Zarco. I'm won. also cool with Bezeki. We, we've got all their first <laughs> wins out of the way. Let's get you yeah. Know, let's get Marini. Let's one. get Luca. Yeah, let's get Luca a win and do it by punting Bardeen on the track. <laughs> let's. Well, of course the FIM will probably be mad. You know, they're like, oh, you broke too hard and you blocked past. Yeah, you're so, Italian. That's too. Yeah, aggressive. yeah, you're Italian. That is a quadruple long lap penalty for the next twelve races. So, you know, it, it is it is unfortunate. But, you know, we were talking about Bagnaya and the slow start and getting going, and that's what happened in this. He didn't have a great qualifying. Uh, he didn't uh, – he didn't he didn't get going until late. Late, he was really fast, you know, but it was too late, and he finished seventh, and that allowed Martin to make up nine points, which is, you know, he can't do that. He cannot continue to do that. I really think in Europe – and the cooler temperature tracks, you know, I think he's going to be better. I think he's going to be very good in Qatar, honestly. The night race, I think Bagnaya will be really good. Um, and I, I just think the hot tracks, he doesn't seem to do well in Asia. You know what I mean? Like, it really, yeah. he really struggled in all the hot races, um, unless Martin gave him a win. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, 
We'll see what happens. What else did you see in the sprint that you wanted to talk about? Uh, sprint, not much. Uh, it's a sprint. You know, it's exciting. Um, yep. But other than that, I mean. Well, let's talk about the race. Now, on the did, did Bender get a penalty? Yes. So Bender actually, so, Bender, Bender crossed the line second. But was bumped to third because did he go? He, did he track limits again? He went off the track limits. Um, you have wide to and, be kidding me! He went wide in turn four. Yeah, wide in turn four. If I'm Martine, I kick Bender in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, are you serious, bro? Are you serious? I'm out here trying to win a championship, and you're just giving people points. Yeah. You know, that's the third time that's happened to Bender now on the last lap. It happened twice in Assen. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, uh, Jorge Martin wins. And, and let's be honest, that race was a thriller the last few laps. Yeah, it And was. that move Bagnaya tried to throw on the outside, I was so like. I don't know. Do you really think. Or did that he just, was, did he yeah, just outbreak think, himself? Yeah, I think that was a, uh-oh, this is. <laughs> We'll see. How, we'll see how this turns out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that felt like uh, this is that felt like you know Captain Novice out there into twelve. Sometimes <laughs> like, oh, I'm a little hot. I'm a little hot. You know, um, but yeah. Either way, it was exciting because I was like, is this dude about to go two for one around yeah, the outside? No, yeah. And maybe it and, was and, something. And to he be was fair, he didn't lose a ton of time. Yeah, he that's didn't it. Lose you know, it may, so maybe it was calculated. You know, maybe he did see Bender go for that that move, and he thought, well, yep. we'll see what happens. You know, like I'm yeah, gonna clean this up. You know, so we know that Pekka that Pekka's absolutely a statistician, right? Like he's gonna play the numbers. Yep. He's gonna yep. figure things he's out. A, he's gonna try stuff too. So for, um, for all that he is not, you know. Um, explosive speed and, and, and the yeah. gregarious character. The dude is absolutely a calculator on that bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Impulsivity and, and, on the bike is not, it's not. Him, no. You know? I, I, so I think for me, like I did wonder, you know, is, is Pecco going to crack under the pressure or whatever? And I guess we have a few races to figure it out. But to me, finishing second to a guy who's riding like Mark Martin is riding is, I, that's not cracking. I, you know that, what I mean? So that's it right now. You know, if Pecco hasn't cracked now, he's not going to crack yet. You know no, what I mean? I, like if he hasn't cracked I think yet, he's there he's for the fight. Gonna, exactly. Yeah. That's it. If he doesn't – if he knows that Jorge Martin has a little something extra right now, which we know he does in that raw speed yep. department. Um, yep. You know, but Pecco Benyaya also goes back to his own toolbox and he says, okay, what do I, what do I have right now right. that I right. can fight with? You know, I've got a lead in the championship. I'm mm-hmm. losing it, but I need to do this to maintain it. I have to do this to, to make sure that right. I win, you know, and, and uh, Australia was a kind of, he took a few points back, you know, and then unfortunately lost the, you know, the, the lost the double this weekend. Yeah. So, but he but he finished but he did finish second in exactly. the premier race. So yeah. So he exactly. gets four he gets four of those points back because Bender, you know, got long lap. Right. Right. And, you know, I I think, um, <laughs> Bender's got to be terribly frustrated. But for Bagnaya, you know, that's that's a godsend because that means you're up twelve points now. So what he's got to do is he's got to figure out a way to tie himself to the back of Martine if Martine is going to go out there and win races you know he's got to figure out a way to rough him up in the beginning mm-hmm. thanks a lot luca we're supposed to be boys uh 
but also he needs to he he needs to be right there. You know, and like I said, sometimes a guy is just faster. No one was better in the world in 2019 than Mark Marquez. Right. The guy that finished second in that championship did not choke. It was not a, a thing where he cracked under pressure. He was he was just under a relentless onslaught from a dude that is just on another planet. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way Martine is riding right now. Like it's it is it's almost shocking how good he is at this moment. It's almost shocking. He is so, so good. Um, and, you know, those two races that he was leading and didn't win haven't affected him at all. He just still jumps on the bike, goes faster than everybody else, and lets everything work out. But, um, you know, it was it was still an entertaining race because he kept the pace down. And the, everybody was there. Yep. And, and and in the end, I mean, that's what we all want. We want to see some exciting racing. I can't think of a better scenario than Martin versus Bagnaya tied on points going into the premier race in Valencia. Valencia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, I, it comes down to the final couple of corners. I am here for it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm I here for that, it. Yeah, this, this is definitely one of those, you know, one of those Netflix years that – you know, Man. you could make a, you could create a storyline off of, um, yep. with yep. this championship. The championship has been so good. I think some people we got to mention again, Marquez with a sixth in the yeah. premier race, which and is if, phenomenal. Fabio in top five. Fabio with a fifth. Yeah. Um, I, I, and Bezecchi finishing fourth again, no slouch there. Uh, Bezecchi and Marini. Marini didn't have a great premier race. Uh, but you know, I think he and, he and uh, Marini and Bezecchi are going to benefit tremendously from this extra week to heal up those collarbones. Yep. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I, it's just such an exciting season. It could have been so boring. Pagnaia could be 89 points up right now, already world champ. And, you know, now we're just watching to see who wins. But there's yeah. so much on the line on every race now. This is why I love motorsport. Yeah, it's, this, a, it's this an scenario. engaging championship. Absolutely, 100%. absolutely. But what else you got about MotoGP, man, that you want to talk about? Um, you know, other than the fact that the Aprilias right now are just self-destructing, I think, at some point with the heat, and they can't manage the heat. Uh, you know, Maverick Vinales was actually says he was um, – it was it, Maverick Vignola said he was losing mental clarity on the bike, um, and and it was funny because mm. in the middle of the race, um, <laughs> you know he started falling, and and uh, my wife and I both have him on our fantasy teams because we was all we could afford. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, that's it. And I said maybe he's got. A, I said I made the comment. I think maybe he's got a mechanical. You know, and her and her endless wit. The nap and snake immediately snap back with he's got a mechanical in the helmet. That's exactly what's he going to get mechanical. That in his dude head. is a permanent helmet yeah. mechanical. Like that is the truth. That's a hundred percent true. Nap and snake. The old nap and I mean, snake. She's she was she doesn't pull any punches on Sunday morning. So no, I mean, if you come over to our house, not trying it, to hear your excuses. No, not you know, at all. She's like, you know what? I'm not trying to hear all this 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 little baby stuff. I, I'm telling you, she's one of these days. I think she's going to be running a MotoGP team, and Listen, I hope I'm I don't here, ever work for. Her. For her. I, uh, <laughs> you never work for. Her. <laughs> I don't, don't want to have any part of that. It's the the week that I have a bad race, I mean, no, no, thank you. <laughs> oh man, yeah. we're gonna have some hard conversations in this household. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, how is the new house? It's good, man. It is good. We're very blessed and, and thankful. It's it's a lot of fun. Halloween was a bust. Um, we thought that there were going to be quite a few kids. Um, well, eat that candy. Uh, they're not. We so we're probably going to end up like donating it, donating it. I think. Uh, so there were no kids. Oh, there are a few, obviously, but um, but not not as many as we had at our old house, which was odd. Well, but well, you know, if, if you're not very approachable, people don't know you. You're old man winter right now. I'm pretty crotchety, so I mean, there's that. Yeah. So. <laughs> we all know that. We hear you. Um, <laughs> You're fine. But, you know, I, I think for me, like I said, it, the, the wrap-up for me is that MotoGP is just is super exciting right now. Yep. I love that Martin's riding the way he is. I, I think I think it would mean a lot more for Pecco to repeat under this onslaught. Like, if he holds this off and wins, I think this, this not only cements him as a multiple-time premier class champion which is a big deal that's another step he's a premier class champion and a multiple time world champion winner but a multiple time premier class world champion is a different conversation so that and with martin performing as he is to pull that off this year would be truly special and that's going to be fun to watch but it's you know there's so many storylines now to to be interested in and you know, for the life of me, you would have taken all my money because I would have bet Mar- Mar- Mark Marquez would have been finishing 10th to 15th every race, not worried about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, whatever. And that dude just, he is just so good. He just can't be denied. You know, a fourth and a sixth on that bike over the weekend? Get out of here. That's tremendous. Yeah. That's tremendous. And, and, and I have to echo this about, you know, about Paco Benyaya, obviously, and, and Martin. You know, right now I'm, you're kind of torn. You know, you, you do want to see somebody repeat the championship again because, it, you know, it would be the, the first time someone's repeated the championship since Marquez, you know, since, and, you know, Jorge Lorenzo. And then you, you, but at the same breath, I want to see Jorge Martin, I want to see a satellite bike win the championship. You know, and, yeah, that, and obviously that's, you can that's argue, well, true. it's a factory bike. It's just a satellite team. No, but it's still a satellite team. Still a satellite know? team. Um, and I, I think that that would be really exciting to, to see. Um, yeah, I but, agree with you. It, you know, you don't know which thread you want to uh, want to watch get pulled. But here's the thing. You know, after uh, – out of the last, like, six premier races, I think Pramac has won five of them. That's nuts. I mean, they're on a different <laughs> level. <laughs> crazy right now, to you know? say. I didn't think I would ever say those words. Hey, whoever picked up Premac for your actual team in fantasy, you're killing it right Man, now. Blowing it up. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think uh, for me, um, it's super exciting. And, and like you said, that's, that is a true – that's a cool storyline for a satellite bike to win the, the championship. Um, but, you know, truthfully – the satellite teams are so good in yeah. GP that are on the Ducatis. The Mooney team is great. The the Premac team is great. Even I, the Grassini yeah, team is you, pretty you good. You have to argue those guys too. Yeah. And so it is really great. You don't have the the satellite team from anybody else doing well. Right. You know, R and F might as well be D and F. <laughs> and <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> um. How long have you been sitting on that one? I feel like you've had oh, that man. one written. It's on your man, I had that one. Like, yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I had that one ever since I saw stupid-ass 
uh, Raul Fernandez talking about something. I was like, oh, this dude. Um, but, you know, I, I just uh, – I'm really excited. This is just such a great year. You know, the years when Marquez was dominating, it was, I think we'll look back on that later and just think about, wow, that is crazy dominance. Yeah. But the parity that has come the last few years, to your point, we haven't seen a repeat champion. And we've had a Yamaha, we've had Ducati, we had uh, Suzuki. You know, uh, that is, there. there's merit in that as well, right? And yeah. And so... It's unfortunate that Repsol fell off such a cliff, but I do believe Repsol will be back. I don't know who it will be with, but it, they'll be back. Um, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, again, MotoGP has been delivering big time. And uh, I love these triple headers where they have three race, race weekends in a row. I know the teams hate it. I don't care about them. I care about yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I care about my enjoyment. I'm yeah. looking for my personal enjoyment. But, you know, I think Ed, before we go, I think we should talk really quickly about the last round of World Superbike and that, you know, we saw already we knew that Luke, I'm um, sorry, we already knew the champion for World Supersport. And, wow. you know. <laughs> World and, Supersport, huh? <laughs> yeah. We already knew the champion. And, and you know, he – he dominated the series. I, I just, I, he's on the superbike now, riding with the number eleven, which you know I didn't think about before they mentioned it, but it's a famous number, you know. Um, number eleven is famous in on the Ducati, and you know Rubens Aus wrote that, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember the other guy, uh, Tro- not Troy Corser. Uh, uh, um, anyway, never matter, but. <laughs> It, it it struck me. I was like, eleven's a famous number, but the only thing I could think of was Ruben's house. But yeah. you know, uh, Bulaga has just dominated the last year of Supersport, and then he went out in the test after the race this weekend and was fastest on the test. Now everybody wasn't there. We all know that. Right, um, right, right. Johnny Ray um, moving to Yamaha was a big deal in test, but Alvaro Bautista wrapped up his championship in race one. But if you haven't watched it, you know, go watch race two. Top Rack Razgatlioglu is absolutely the most relentless human being I've ever met, refused or ever seen, never met him. Um, I, I just his unwillingness to cede or concede a victory is just astounding. And that shows me how much better Bautista was because if there is a shadow of a doubt, Toprak is putting it down the inside. Right, right. And it's just incredible. We talked about Portimao and how hard he worked. And, it, man, race two, the final race of the year was just incredible. Uh, Toprak obviously moving on from Yamaha, wins his last race there and uh, going to BMW. But just uh, congratulations about Tisa for the back-to-back championships. Um, and World Superbike brought a bunch of new regulations in. You have a minimum weight. Right, right, yeah. You know, change, then, it, it, which is the biggest one. Yeah, I think they restored the Ducati revs, right? Or They, they, they did restore the revs, yeah. but they made them put seven kilograms on the bike. Right, yep. And Bautista said the bike ride's completely different with seven kilograms on there. So 
it's going to be very interesting. Now, another interesting tidbit about World Superbike, um, Redding, Scott Redding, in all his wisdom, said he feels more at home at the satellite BMW team than he did at the factory BMW team. Cool. Because who cares, Scott? We know <laughs> yeah, what you're going right. to do. Um, but Yamaha would not allow Top Rack to test on the BMW without a bunch of conditions. And so Top Rack decided he wasn't going to test until his contract was technically up, you know, date-wise with Yamaha because they said he couldn't talk about the differences and he couldn't wear any le- any sponsors on his leathers. Wow. Salty. Yeah, that's Yamaha. a little salty from yeah. Yamaha, right? Like, yeah. his contract was up. He didn't break the contract. You didn't sign him. You weren't willing to pay him. So you're yeah, salty and about dude, it? And the dude was still putting it on the line every single quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's... That's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, you know, but I, I think this year was a pretty dominating year for Ducati and Bautista. But next year's pretty interesting with Ray on the Yamaha. He, yeah. he was, I think, third or fourth overall. So he's getting to grips with it pretty quickly. He did crash it already, so he knows how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wonder if he went out and tried to ride it like Top Rack, right from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> you know he had to try. Where does top yeah. rack break here? All right, we'll see what happens. Yeah, all right, perfect. I'll break a core. I'll break three meters later. Um, but you know, World Superbike is so entertaining. Um, you know, Garrett Gerloff will be back in that series. Yep. He looked much better in the second half of the year. Hopefully, he'll continue that upward trend. I mean, he's got a really cool teammate in Redding. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even. I don't even. <laughs> if there's a dude I don't want on my team, it's that guy. Oh, uh, because if I do well and he doesn't, he's immediately mad at me. <laughs> you know, you know, fripping crybaby. But teammate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I I, I do wonder how uh, Locatelli and Ray will get along. I think Ray will be fast on the Yamaha. I think Ray can just do it. But Basani will be on the Kawasaki. Yep. Um, and so we'll see how Cowie does. I'll be very interested to see that. So what are you looking for next year at a World Superbike? I, I want to see uh, – I'd like to see how Basani takes to, you know, a Kawasaki since it is a – we'll call it a slower bike than the, what the V4 is. Um, Basani really showed a lot of promise this year on the V4. It really took it yeah. to Rinaldi quite a bit. Um but yeah, I, I and obviously I'm looking towards Garrett Gerloff to keep moving forward and to not take mm-hmm. steps backwards. I, I mean, I really think that the first half of the race, if Garrett Gerloff can figure out the first half of the race, and more importantly, can figure out from the grid slot to turn one, I, I feel if if Garrett Gerloff figures out from grid slot to turn one as soon as the red lights go out. I think that dude wins a race next year, um, but I think he's got to he's got to win the run to the to the first turn, and he's got to not be afraid of the brakes. Um, and uh, you know, I, he's just got to get over that. That's we've talked about. We've beat that dead horse quite a bit, but no, I mean yeah. obviously all the all the storylines that are coming up. You know, you want to see what kind of package um, and what kind of product the top rack BMW pairing is going to look like. 
Um, and, and I think it's it's going to give us a lot of a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement looking into next season. Yep, I'm um, interested I to mean, see Top Rack on the Beamer. Yeah, I, I I could care less about Ducati, honestly. I just I want to see, I don't want to see the dominance again next year. But I also don't want the dominance to go away. And then everyone point to the regulations and say, well, it's because if, of this. If, if Bautista is all of a sudden going slower than he was this year, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's an inevitability, honestly. But yeah. but I, I'm excited for, you know, Petrucci doesn't have to worry about any of that because Petrucci's a grown man. And so I'm excited to see him, see if he can improve after a year of being yeah. on the Pirelli tires, getting an off season, knowing the tracks, all that stuff. And Remy Gardner and Dami Agater were both very good in the test. So I, I don't know what that means. Dami was good, you know, on the last uh, at the last round, had a good, you know, qualifying and looked fast um, in a lot of times. So yep. maybe Dami's starting to make some steps forward. I don't know about Remy, but I'll I'll keep hope alive for him because going to a superbike is so much different than the GP bike. Right. right. Um, so you know he he's got he's got some work to do, but. It's a lot of interesting storylines, and you know, if they want to just go ahead and start next weekend, you won't get any complaints from me. Yeah, we're um, getting ready to go into the worst part of the year for us, I think. Oh, um, gosh. So, so we're going to be pretty mopey. So mad about I think it. They call it seasonal effective. Yeah, disorder. absolutely. Uh, so you know, it's no ha- not having any race effect. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to be on the podcast. You want to talk about a thing? No, <laughs> I hate I hate stupid everything. <laughs> Thanksgiving, uh, I eat too much. <laughs> But it's um the market that slow. that wasn't Big you. I wasn't doing out. you. That's yeah, just yeah. us. That, okay. that wasn't you. I wasn't poking fun at you. <laughs> but you know, I it's it's gonna be uh, every year the new race season's exciting. You know, we're excited for everything. I'm a little nervous about Moto America. I'm hoping Tyler Cycle doesn't go away. Um. Yeah, that's it, kind of the concern uh, to, for me too. Yeah, is I mean, what, we, what does Moto America look like next year? I mean, if if it, if Moto America has Jake Gagne and a bunch of privateers, I'm not gonna watch. I, I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. like if 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 Graves Yamaha is doing the only factory based team, then you know, I don't care what Suzuki's doing. They could have four factory bikes out there, and I wouldn't care. But it's they're not going to. But it's just like if if BMW or Ducati or, um, you know, Kawasaki's not doing it. Honda's not doing it, you know. So it's like, shoot, man. But hopefully the Ray Hall team coming in from Moto America is cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that in the super sport category. So, you know. Let's just see what happens, man. It's, it'll be fun. It'll it could be, a be good some year, fun. Yeah, we could have some fun. <laughs> we could have some fun, but we're not done with MotoGP yet. We still we still have races to do in MotoGP. Let's not forget, right? Yep. Um, and let's see. So we have in MotoGP. I know we have uh, we have the Malaysian Grand Prix. They're, so they're in Sepang, and then we go to Qatar, and then they go to Valencia. So. My guess is that Pecco won't do great in Sepang. What's your guess? Um, I could get on board with that, but I think Pecco. Uh, I, I think. I think Pecco's I, strong at Qatar, and I think he'll be strong at Valencia. Yeah, I really. I'm excited for Valencia. I really want to see Valencia. Um, I want to see it come down to the wire. I want to see the last race Me of the too. season, and Me too. it'd be really, you know, just kind of. 
give us that Nikki Hayden, Valentino Rossi. It all comes down to this race. Yep. That that would be really cool. That would be super cool. So, well, I mean, that's all we can do is hope. Well, what else you got tonight, Bo? I mean, you, you said you didn't have a whole lot of trick-or-treaters. So, um, I had a funny story if you want to hear it. Yeah, I'll humor you. Let's hear it. All right. So, as you know, I was coming back from the beach with my family on Monday. My drive belt on my truck disintegrated. I've not heard this story. Over. I didn't know. That you I know. Didn't. It just okay. happened on Monday. Okay. Well, so, I had to pull know, over. It, yeah, okay. I had to pull over. I did All the extra stuff I have in my life, I didn't have an extra drive belt, which is a 10-minute repair. Not exaggerating. 10 minutes. Right. Didn't have one. I had to call tow truck. They had to tow my truck and my RV. They get there. They, they hook them up. <laughs> I pay $500. That's cheap. They, you got away with that. That's cheap listen, for that RV. Uh, it's not over. It's not over. I get, I'm get. i 40 minutes from my house. 40 minutes. Yeah. There's, I'm not, but I'm in a, I'm right before the Camden exit. I don't, there's no store. I you know, I'm not close to anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, cause I would have walked, you know, I just walked to a something. Not in Columbia. You wouldn't have. Well, I wasn't in Columbia. I was in Camden. So I was outside Camden. Okay. So there was nothing to walk to. Point is I got the tow truck. We get going. The guy's like, we're pretty overloaded. It's a single cab tow truck. So <laughs> me, my Two kids, my wife and the driver, are in the cab. <laughs> it's super comfortable. We're going 50 miles an hour because he's like, we're overloaded. I'm going to have to go slow, but we'll get there. I was like, all right, great. The tow truck blows a tire. <laughs> the tow truck driver tells me, well, we wanna, I'm going to drop your stuff on the side of the road and go get a tire, and I'll come. I was like, no. I was like, look, we're right beside an exit. There's a Hampton Inn over there. I can see it. Limp with your one tire that's left on that side to the Hampton Inn. We can go five miles an hour. I don't care. Just get there. We'll drop the trailer. I'll get somebody to come get the trailer. You come back and get the truck. That guy got that truck. This was at 3 o'clock. That guy got that truck my truck to the house at 9 30 p.m because he had to limp back his his dispatch made him go all the way back to the shop they use in camden on one tire and by the time he got there it had torn up the inside tire so he had to get two tires so he got two tires came back got my truck dropped it off i fixed the truck tuesday morning in about 10 minutes with a new belt it started right up I did boil some coolant, so I replaced the coolant I lost. But I'm still out five hundred dollars for that tow. So, but you got an amazing. I, that's a so that's a six hundred dollars story. story though. Yeah, absolutely. So you I know. paid five hundred bucks for that story. <laughs> but you know what my daughter said? What's that? She's like, that was fun. <laughs> I was like, fun. She's like, yeah, it's an adventure, right? It's all about <laughs> perspective, man. Every, life's about attitude, right? I was like, all right. I'll give you that. Yeah, absolutely. That was fun. But she, she, you know, she, she grounded kept the positive. Pound. She grounded? Yeah, no, yeah, no, we kicked her out. She's living in the trailer. But <laughs> so, so the other part about this vacation, though, is that on the way there, I stopped to get diesel at my normal gas station where I like to go. Yeah. 
And as I was putting diesel in, I happened to look at my sway bar and noticed the chain was kinked. And I was like, oh, well, let me just put the foot of the trailer down, release the chain, hook it back up, right? No big deal. Except that, my, you know, as you know, I have broken ribs. And my wife was like, no, 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 I'll do it. I was like, I can do it. She's like, don't do it. Just let me do it. And I was like, okay. So I'm telling her what we have to do. You know, you had to push it this way, pull the pin out, and then you pull it up. Yep. Well, she was concentrating way too hard, and she had her face beside it for some reason. Oh. And it spun and hit her in the underneath her jaw, cut her open. So we had to go get her stitches before we went to the beach. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm going to tell you what, though. She took that uppercut like a champ. She didn't fall. She didn't cry. She just, I, I didn't even know she got hit. I turned and looked, and there was blood on the ground. I was like, what's that from? And I looked, and there's blood all over her arm. I'm like, did you get hit? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, What'd the first do? thing in my thought was, like, like, like how? <laughs> Why was your face right next to it? But it was my fault because I, I, I should have done it. I should have just told her to back off. Anyway, so I have now we have one sway bar off, though, right? Yep, so guess yep. what old broke ribs has to do? Oh, I'm telling you, I, I got it on. I, I, I hooked it up. I got it on. But, Bo, the rest of the day I paid for it. My, that, well, the muscles around my rib cage were spasmed so bad. So By the I, time we got to the beach, I could barely get out of the car. I need you to make like, me a promise. Oh, what's that? The next time that you get ready to go on vacation, call me. So I'm aware, and I can just go watch everything that happens. Oh, you just want to go watch yeah, the, I just the want, show? Yeah, I don't want to help. Oh. I don't want to help you. I just want to watch. Oh, well, I'll definitely do that, Bo. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm glad that, that my Thank pain you. and my family, you know what? I'm going to tell my wife that you're happy she got hurt. No, you know, I didn't say that. No, I didn't. no, listen, I don't care what you said. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I have it on record. I'm the one that edits this, okay? So I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on but it was, it was. But to say that, we had a great time at the beach, but it was... It was just a curse from the start, and I should have known it. But the the drive belt thing just killed me because it's such an easy repair, $70. I bet you have a drive belt in your truck now, don't you? I bet you I have an extra one for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was so mad. You've got oh. one in the truck and two in the camper? <laughs> it, listen, anytime you open a cabinet, there may be a 7.3 power stroke <laughs> drive belt. I mean, I might start giving them out for Christmas. I don't even know. I, I am so irritated with myself. All the extra things that I have, all my toolboxes, I carry everything yep. with me. Great. You know, and, you know, my, my little my little girl actually is was interested and wanted to help me do it, and that was awesome, and she was out there, and she was expecting the old belt. She was like, wow, this thing's really bad. I was like, right. Thanks. It's in yeah. 12 pieces. Well, like a, you're good, yeah, you're good yeah. at diagnosis. I'll least. tell you what, that nothing gets past you. Nothing. <laughs> but, but you know, I can't. I wasn't going to say that. She wanted to come out and help, and I, you know, I, I let her act like she was helping or whatever by holding the belt until you know whatever. And she was working with me, and I, that was that was awesome parent moment. But you know, she's she's so impressed that I can fix a car. So. I have to impress her as much as I can before she's 12 and then nothing's impressive. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. She's like, you fix this all by yourself? I'm like, yeah. She goes, how do you know how to do it? I didn't tell her that the diagram for the belt's right there underneath, <laughs> on the, on, on, underneath the hood. But I was like, I just know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and it's I can hear you say that. I can absolutely hear that in the moment too. Listen, listen. He, listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know the government lies to us, Bo. They have so many people to take care of. I only have to take care of two, and I lie to them all the time. <laughs> so. But yeah, it was a good trip, and we, you know, but it was a story. Like you said, I paid for a story, and I've got a great story. Um, I, I really, I'm really glad that I didn't have to buy a new truck. I know that. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that could have been a different story. You know, no, it worked out as well as it could work out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I think we've talked and yacked enough, man. I've had a good time tonight, but uh, yeah, for episode 100, I want to thank everybody that's tuned in at any point. Thank you so much for listening to us yammer on about stuff we don't know uh we're ill-informed biased and a little dumb <laughs> it's just you know a little dumb i in like there. to consider us ignorant because ignorance right can okay be, yeah you know, we no, can find yeah. our way out of ignorance if we're educated stupidity is i don't think however. i could find my way out of a wet paper bag if it was ignorance, like I, I'm telling you right now, there's so much stuff that I realize now that I don't know about motorcycle racing. It's overwhelming. Um, but I'll never admit that on this podcast. That's it. That's right. <laughs> but this again, isn't an thanks educational, everybody for listening. This is not an informative podcast. It's no. an entertainment podcast. So Listen, we have did to you guys hear me call market. Jake Dixon a Muppet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not press. You don't get that. If you're press, you can't do that. Okay, you got to have some decorum. We don't have any of that here. No. Like, if you act like a Muppet, we're going to call you a Muppet. <laughs> you know? And, you know, that's just how it is. But I, I, I do want, again, the last time, thanks everybody for listening. This has been quite a journey. A hundred episodes, Bo. I don't know that I ever anticipated us doing that. Yeah, I'm um, still waiting for the first check uh, from uh, my editing. Well, I'm waiting for the first check for the talent. I mean, I'm carrying That's fair. It. That's fair. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. No, Everybody, been, uh, I could hear the eye rolling and collective sighs on the other side of the, yeah. the speaker of, <laughs> from you and all the people listening. They're like, "Oh God!" But um, it's no, been fun. it's been it's, uh, wanna... it's been fun. And dude, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else, man. I've had a great time doing it with you, honestly. Um, thank you for all the work you do on it. Uh, really, if we ever do get paid, you get probably should get about ninety five percent of the money. <laughs> it's well, it's true. on tape now, so we have it in record. So there's, there's a that there's is a admission. Yeah. Okay, I'd like uh, to amend my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, it really is. You know, I think you when you got a hold of me, what a couple of years ago now. Um, you know, like, yeah. hey, let's 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 do this. I was like, all right, whatever. And we picked it up and and just started winging it since then. So, you know, we're obviously not good at it. I'm not good at at, at the editing stuff, but uh, I think we fight through it a little bit and. We're, we're, you know, if not, if not for nothing, I think we're entertaining at least to a point. We probably ruffle. A we few entertain feathers. ourselves. Yeah. And it's yeah. really all we set out to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's an outlet to, uh, to chat about, out, about racing and, and get yeah. our plans together. And I mean, it's, it's, it's taken us some, to some cool places. You know, we got to, uh, right. uh, the, the, you know, in Austin, we got our name on tags, you know, for the, for the suite. you got, you got that taken care of for us, which was awesome of you to do that. And. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been able to, uh, uh, just motorcycle in general, you know, motorcycle racing, excuse me, in general, it's taken, it's taken me to Spain, you know, with my wife, uh, we were able to do it and, and next You've year. You've been on a plane multiple times now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really so proud of you. life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
life's crazy. So I, you know, I'm it just is. glad that uh, I've got I've got good folks to enjoy it with. So uh, this is this is a lot of fun. It is. I, I agree with you, man. And uh, so again, to everybody, thank you. But that's about it for us tonight. If you're out there riding this weekend, you know, on the street, on the track, hey, please be safe. Shiny side up, rubber side down. Temps are changing. I'm Jason. Yep. Oh, what's that? Temps are changing. It's getting cooler. Temps so. are changing. That's right. Hey, yep. don't go try to shoot out of your neighborhood. Put some temp in those road tires. You know, they're already basically like plastic. But, <laughs> um, you know, speaking from experience. Yeah. But I, I want to tell everybody, hey, have a great one. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, with my man, Bo. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.